Welcome in another edition of the Postcast presented by the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Piller, joined by at Williams Martian. Our producer, Ross Levitan, will be behind the scenes in a moment as we cover yet another loss. Martian, this time 3-2 to two, at the hands of the LA Kings at home in Ottawa. But the main story here is the November curse for the Ottawa Senators. Well, it continues. It's a curse for a reason, as we're one game into the month, Martian, and the Sens already have a big L, and they lose two more players to injury as Ridley Gregg and Mark Kaslick leave this game early, only playing about two minutes each, and DJ Smith confirming after the game they're not coming back anytime soon. No, that's very unfortunate news, Pilsy. Obviously, this this month, I don't know what it is with this month. I don't know what it is with you and I doing a postcast together. Um, it just seems like we're getting all the bad luck right now. And it's, it, I mean, they showed Ann Lauer and Steos um, during the game, and, and you could kind of see it on their faces. It's like, wow, this is a really big wake up call. Um, and it's just, it, honestly, it's just been bad luck, Pilsy. That's all it is. To me, I, I'm just like, how can this go on? They've, they've been losing guys up the middle. They've been losing guys in defense. Like, what what is going to give here to give these guys a break? Um, it's it's actually insane to me. Let's just to, just to watch it go down. It's like, this team is a soap opera. Yeah, the hockey gods are smiting the Sens off the ice. The first ever NHL suspension for gambling. 41 games for Pinto, a guy that's not even signed yet. Then you have the Dadnov issue, getting a first-round draft pick taken away from a trade that happened years ago. And then you think, okay, well, at least this team's getting on the ice. Let's see if they can solve things at home. Two injuries early, almost three. Hamnick gets hurt, but does come back in this game. And you get a loss to start the month of November. And, yeah, you said it, Martian. They showed Michael Anlauer and Steve Steos in the press box. And uh, Michael Anlauer let out a classic darn uh, big F-bomb <laughs> as he walked away. And he's got to be thinking, it would have been nice just to get a win here, just to, just to kind of uh, – get away from all the off-ice mm-hmm. struggles that have been happening. But unfortunately, 3-2 to two is the final score here for the LA Kings. And yeah. Martian, this this was a team where Ross and I talked about it. It's important to get a good start up against them because they're such a defensively structured team. They did the team. exact opposite of that. Yeah, they, they had a terrible start. They end up going down 3 nothing here. But the thing is, LA has just such good kind of – ways that they they adopt the one three one system which uh, i mean since fans are all too familiar with that but the thing is they have such good depth up the middle that it's really yeah. effective and then when you have the sends that have been struggling here and then have two injuries they're playing two men down the entire uh, most of the game i should say it's pretty easy to just park the bus and hold on to that three nothing lead, and they managed to just survive with the three two win. Here. Absolutely, as soon as this team goes up three nothing, you got to be looking at it and thinking, "Holy crap!" Like look at look at their depth up the middle. Look at who they have. These guys are always above the puck. Deneau, Dubois, Kopitar, Kopitar, are- yeah. Three absolute beasts in the middle defensively, and I mean they can put the puck in the back of the net, obviously too. But like as soon as as soon as they go up three nothing. You're going to have to have a hell of a time coming back. And they did get a few chances on the power play. 
I know they had that chance from Drake Batherson pretty early in the game too, which could have made a big difference in how this might end up playing out. But Pilsy, like, you can't go down 3 nothing to this team and expect to end up winning this game. By then, I think a lot of us already knew it was, it was basically over. Now, a lot of people in the comments are saying, hey, no excuses this year. Like, the, the injuries, it's an easy way to point to an excuse. And DJ Smith has rarely had a healthy roster coaching this team. And he was hoping this would be the yeah. year that you're spending the cap. Hopefully, you get a healthy roster. We're only nine games in, and already this team is decimated with injuries. Martian, are you looking at this game being like, well, this is a tough spot for the Sens. It doesn't get any easier having the injuries, and LA is a good team. At least it was close. Or are you looking at this game like doesn't matter all those things? It's not good enough. And are are you ready to hit the panic button here? Or how how severe was this loss for you? Still not ready to hit the panic button. I, again, you you just kind of said it right. LA is a, is a really good team. Um, I'm not going to say that you know it was close because look at the shot differential. Right, it's 38 to 26 in favor of LA. They were all over the Sens basically for the entire first period, I would say. And and then, um, you know, Ottawa just couldn't get anything going, like whether it's on the power play or, or even five on five, like breakouts were an absolute mess tonight. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that as well, but getting the puck out of their own end seemed to be a major issue for Ottawa tonight. Um, and then the course, he basically kind of says it all as far as like, you know, possession and, and chances in the other end. So, um, man, I... <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it for him. Uh, it, it was a tough one, but you kind of got to swallow it. You could get right back to it on Saturday. Was there a TSN turning point for you in this game? Like, was there one point where you're like, well, this is the play or that's the goal that's going to decide it? Uh, definitely. The, it was, the, I mean, it was the third goal for me, right? It's like, and especially because Hamnick ends up going down on the play as well. And it's just like another injury. It was like, okay, yeah. this game is definitely not meant to be for Ottawa. Um, luckily, like you said, Hamannick ended up coming back. Conveniently enough, you know that he's on the graphic there, right there that we're looking at right now. Um, but him coming back in the game was was good, obviously, because they've already got two guys who were out of the lineup at that point. Going down three men halfway through the game would have been a complete nightmare, um, and it turned out to be a little bit less of a nightmare, I'd say. Yeah, nightmares. That's something you and I are getting very used to on the postcast uh, presented by the Glebe Central Pub. <laughs> Did you notice that they asked, like, uh, uh, John Abbott asked Steve Steos, like, can you imagine more of a nightmare coming in yeah. in your first month? And, like, what a question, way to phrase it. Right? It's like, what a nightmare this is for you, right? Yeah, but congrats on the job. Like, great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but uh, we've covered losses a lot worse and up against division rivals, at least this one. It's a Western team. It's an LA team. What do you? Just a quick aside, Martian. What do you think of those helmets? I don't personally. I like I'm, them. I'm out on the helmets. I think it works for the Golden Knights. It doesn't work for the Kings. I, I like them. I, I think that the yeah, Kings can right. pull it off. I, I'm cool with it. I think that it's it's a fun thing. That I, I mean, like, I'm not gonna like if I had to choose a hockey helmet to wear myself, or if I was creating a team, I wouldn't put a chrome helmet on them. But uh, I don't know. It's the LA Kings, and like like you said, the Golden Knights pull it off too. So um, it's fun. It's something different. Imagine the Sens one day came out with like red chrome helmets. 
What would you react well, to that? The Sens could do the gold, but with the uh, oh, the red uh, thing on top and a little. Oh yeah, you can't that do that. You, as soon as you start putting things like that on top of your head, it's it, then it's an absolute circus. But I, I'm talking like just like maybe like a red or gold chrome. The Sens could probably. What the hell do we have to lose? Might as well do something to get in, in the news in a different way. Yeah, that's true. Might as well try something at this point. Uh, Tyler Clevin, how about that? The K train with that reverse hit, and of course, Martian has the clip there. The choo choo, the K train. What what did you think of his game so far? I mean, obviously, he's not getting a whole lot of ice time here, but he yeah. has been put into some decent situations. He was killing a penalty that ultimately, at the start of the game, the Kings end up scoring, where Dano gets the rebound, out battling JBD and Clevin. But what's your thoughts been on the K train so far? I mean, he is what he is, man. He's solid. He's big. He he's physical. You know, it's it's hard to bump him around. I, I notice it. I, I I'm one of those guys. I pay attention to defensemen when they're in front of the net, and he's so good at moving guys around and kind of controlling where they're going to be. Um, and and the other thing is that reverse hit, right? It's like you, you try to you try to hit him, and you're running into someone who's just has physics on their sides at all times. It's like he's heavy. He's fast. He's strong. Um, I think I love Tyler Clevin. I think he's going to like end up being a really solid defenseman. Um, but I mean, this game tonight, like, yeah, like you said, I think he, he might've got kind of semi caught on that one goal. Um, but other than that, um, I don't, I don't really, I, I, I like his game. Yeah. Tough, uh, tough sliding for the Sens here as uh, they have guys like Tyler Clevin, Nicholas Matinpalo, and most notably Martian JBD having to play in elevated roles that the Ottawa Senators did not have these guys playing in. JBD played a career high of I believe it was 2150 last game and now in this game 2453 he actually yeah. he played the third most on this team. I'm starting to think that JBD is starting to get into a groove here. Like I thought he played that type of game where we always say he just wanted to play smart, simple, responsible hockey. I thought he was doing that out there and he gets an assist on the Josh Norris goal with a nice wrist or that. It was uh, a great assist. Yeah, it was a great assist too, right? Like you could see him kind of grab that puck, walk the line a little bit and then fire it into the, where he knew Norris could tip it. I thought it was going to be his first NHL goal. I was pretty fired up for him. I actually placed the bet tonight for Tyler Clevin to score. And I was looking at JBD. And I'm like, ah, no, I think Clevin's got a better chance. So when that was going in, I'm like, oh, dang, I guess wrong. But um, for me, yeah, JBD, JBD started to settle in a little bit. I think you're right. I think more minutes helps him because he maybe yeah. gets the nerves out a little bit, something like that. But um, yeah, he's good. Yeah, I, I, he's. But I don't know if he's it, right? Pills, he's, he's doing an okay job right now. Um, in in replacement um, for you know obviously Zub who's hopefully coming back soon because that like uh, like they things have been bad since Zub has been gone so we just need him not only for the vibes but for his great defensive play um, but for me like JBD um, is not going to be the guy who's going to be doing that night in night out going forward right I I think he's doing an okay job right now he had a decent night um, but I don't think it's any reason to get like overly excited. Yeah, that's fair, and uh, thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Uh, where I was going with this is that's the thing. Like, losing, we weren't sure if Zub was going to come back this game or not. Apparently, uh, not quite ready yet. DJ Smith said he wasn't feeling well enough to go. Hopefully, he can go Saturday. But are you worried about the sustainability of this back end like this? Like, sure, Chicken's, uh playing well through this. I think Sanderson's 
playing as good as he always does. And then you've got JVD stepping it up here. But again, it's hard to really judge Martin Paolo. He's barely played both games, but six minutes and 55 seconds for him and 930 for Tyler Clevin. Like these three guys in Chikrin, JVD and Jake Sanderson playing like high 20s minutes over and over like that's going to wear down on them. Are, are you starting to get nervous at this stretch of having to rely on these guys too much is going to extend further and further? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's not like they gave up six goals tonight or anything like that, yeah. but all of them were kind of, you know, in a way, a little bit of a defensive breakdown in some aspect. I That, that 2 nothing. I think it was the 2 nothing goal. Bath, like, Batherson's got to get that puck deep. Uh, he's at the opposing blue line, and he, and he basically waits too long, and then you know, gives up the puck and it goes the other way. And then that, I think that's the one that Clevin and, and uh, JPD got caught on. But um, no, yeah, I am concerned about it, Pilsy, because the longer Shabbat's out, the more is on Jake Sanderson and the more like tough matchups he's going to get. It's just a, a complete waterfall trickle effect, right? Where, you know, he's going to have to deal with everything Shabbat would have to deal with. Um, Shabbat takes a lot of pressure off of a lot of guys in the decor. And, uh, yeah, I am concerned about it because I don't really feel like – I mean, Chicker, Chicker's been good. I'll give him that. I like Chicker's game. game. And Hamnick's doing what he can out there, but he's very limited. I, I mean, everybody kind of knows that. He's got 18 minutes tonight too. Um, but for me, it's like, yeah, we need to get that blue line healthy. And, and obviously, Zub is the one that we mentioned before who's, who is huge. Um, but for me, yeah, we, we definitely need to get uh, the blue line healthy. Otherwise, it's going to be tough sledding. It's going to be hard to win. It's it's going to be tough, especially if the, like this stretch of games they have coming up here. It doesn't get any easier. They're they're up against some pretty good teams here for a while, including the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Next, guys, the postcast as always is presented by our good friends over at the Glebe Central Pub. The Glebe Central Pub is located in the heart of the Glebe at seven. 79 Bank Street. We love the Glebe Central Pub because they want to build the Ottawa Senators community and make it a great place for Sens fans. Martian, they want to do that so much that they've created the Sens Shuttle. All you got to do is go to the Glebe Central Pub before the game. I believe it's an hour and a half before the game. Sue, the bus driver, she'll take you there. So have your dinner, have a couple drinks at the GCP, head on the bus, go to the game. Keep the good times rolling, and then the bus is right there to take you back to the Glebe Central Pub after the game where you can have a victory shot or a couple victory pints. And the best part about it, $17 round trip. You can't get that value anywhere else. That's all courtesy of our friends at the Glebe Central Pub. Visit them at 779 Bank Street and let them know that the Locked On Senators and the Leams Martian of the Streets sent you. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sportsbook in North America, guys. It's the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network and the only place where Pillsy's parlay of the day happened. Unfortunately, the Senators missed about a million chances in the first period, and my parlay was busted pretty early on here, and Timmy wasn't able to get a goal, and the over didn't hit, so tough one on all legs, but at least you can get in on the action at FanDuel, and it's not just hockey, guys. Football, uh, basketball, everything you want can be found at FanDuel, and you can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So check it out. The app is awesome. It's my go-to spot. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today. FanDuel official partner 
of the NFL. Oh, what an ad read, Pilsy. Woo. All right, we're back. A monster with the ad reads. It's, it's what we do. It's what we do. We just did episode 908, and we got a couple ad reads each. Two ad reads in there. Each episode. So we've we've had some practice. Now, everyone, yeah, appreciate our guy Joe Bell saying smash the like button. Uh, appreciate all 179 of you here in the chat. As always, every single postcast presented by the Glebe Central Pub. We're going to do our Send Central standouts. Martian, I've got my guy figured out here. Uh, do you need some time to figure out yours, or do you want me to start things off here? How do you, as as the guest here, I'll I'll allow you to pick the order. I would hate to take your one guy though that you've chosen. I, I mean, I don't know if you were paying attention to the chat with the producer on the side here, but they they've kind of been picked out. But I, oh, okay. I, I was leaving one for you there, but I'm I'm. You go ahead, Kelsey. You go first. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. I'm t- I'm gonna take the low hanging fruit. I thought Corpus Allo had a great game. I mean, hashtag goalie friendly show. Like Pilsy, that was the, a low hanging fruit. That was that fruit was on the ground. That yeah, was, that's and it was shined and put in a bowl and sliced up. It's yeah, yeah, it's ready to go. Uh, but I feel like I I always come to the defense of goalies and Martian. You love giving it to me in the chat when I say, Yeah, Corpy played good. And you're like, he let in five goals and they <laughs> lost. Well, this time. You only let in three goals on 38 shots. I really thought that there was lots of highlight reel saves. What I find that Corpy does really well, Martian, is he's really good down low. Like I find like those cross-ice passes, he's able to make a good first save. Uh, Corpy, I will say, once that rebound comes in, uh, the percentage he's able to stop it goes down big time. Like, obviously, most goalies, that's going to happen. But Corpy especially struggles with the rebound. But when it comes to that first save, having to slide across to make that pad save, he's been very good. And I didn't really think any of those three goals were particularly his fault. And I thought he kept them in this game much more than they deserved here. So, Yunus Corpusalo. My Send Central standout presented by the Gleep Central Pod. Yeah, great job, Pilsy. And, and I completely agree with you that that was a great, great pick for the standout there. And I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Josh Norris. You know, he's he's doing his thing out there, Josh Norris. He's shooting the puck, which I love to see. He had four shots on goal tonight. Obviously, he had that goal as well. Um, when Josh Norris is lighting the lamp, he, he's playing his game, and that's what he's put on this earth to do, is do exactly that. Um, and obviously. I mean, Pils, they were pointing it out. He's still playing through something here. I don't think he's completely healthy. Like, I don't know if you saw it, the way he was leaning over on the bench and, like, tucking his arm in a certain way. It was a little okay. concerning, especially with the other injuries they have here. And they need him right now more than ever, especially if Ridley Gregg's going to be out for an ex- extended period of time here. So, um, for me, Josh Norris, gritting it out, uh, get this guy a beer. He's got, uh, he had, you know... He 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 did his thing out there tonight. So I think I think Josh North only thirty five percent the dot. Obviously that's a concern. Um, but again, we talked about the three big centermen that LA has, and for me, uh, you know, losing to those guys is, is it's not okay, but it's it is what it is. You know, they're good. Yeah, that's the thing, especially especially when you lose Ridley Gregg and Mark Kaslick early here. It really makes things tough to stay in the game when you're down early as well. Yeah, I, I agree, Martian. Uh, I thought Norris had a decent game, but if he ends up getting injured again here, because you know with Norris, like if he gets hurt, it's not going to be like a game or two. It's going to be probably something serious, and then this team is in trouble. 
mean, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that evil on me. Martian, I don't want to, but the hockey gods just have decided that every November they're going to put as much bad karma onto the Sens as possible and then maybe try to give it back to them in March after the trade deadline's over and they're already out of it. Yeah, well, uh, we're very early in November here, so hopefully they're able to uh, figure this thing out because we know what's happened the last two years in November and it is terrible, 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 terrible. So, Danny Fishing, we are not... We are not spinning the draft lottery wheel. We are, we're not doing it. I won't do it. I refuse. Although uh, we are last in the Atlantic Division, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, no we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Uh, Ali Dez says, thoughts on Matin Palo. Martian, you got any pressing thoughts on Matin Palo in the 12 I, total minutes he's played? I really don't because, yeah, he played under seven minutes. I, I If I'm going to be completely honest, I saw 33 out there probably twice that I noticed. So. Um, he didn't really – I mean, I guess that's kind of in a way a good thing for him if he's if he's not out there for any goals against, except for he was. Um, so um, that's the thing about about that. I, you know, Matt and Paolo, I don't know if he's completely an NHL player, but he wasn't terrible. Like, it's not like he had some big giveaway. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, and, I mean, he's hardly being given enough ice time to make an impact negatively or positively. So – Look, if Matt Powell is going to be a guy that's going to play on the third pair for, excuse me, a couple games here and there, that's fine. That's that's fine by me. Uh, we got another question here. Martian, if you were the owners of the Sens, who would you hire for Sens' new GM, Ross or Pilsy? <laughs> this is a funny, funny question. I, I think, I, I mean, I, I, mean I, I think I'm going to go with, I think I gotta go with Pilsy here on this oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, huge. Pilsy is extremely reliable. He, he's a great communicator. He's very level-headed. Um, Pilsy is is sensitive to other people's feelings. Uh, Pilsy is 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 a, in a way a leader. I feel like um, even when he doesn't try to assume a leadership role, he he comes nice. across to me as a leader. Um, so for me. And Pil- Pilsy's not going to do anything irrational. And I feel like if you get Ross too hot, things might get a little sideways. Um, so in the media, I think Pilsy would be the better choice uh, for the Sense GM. Sorry, Ross, if you were here to defend yourself, that'd be one thing, but you're not. So I'm going Pilsy, baby. All right. Well, hey, I'll take I'll take the pirate tire pump. Maybe we'll have to put a poll out uh, and and see how that goes. If the Sens are interested in hiring me, I I will allow it. Like I'll I'll take the call. That's for sure. Maybe I'll get a two and a half hour interview like uh, Simmer did a little while ago that he was. Not <laughs> uh, but <laughs> okay, I just this is so tough, Martian, because I really really thought the Sens could get a win here. We could sweep all that bad publicity under the rug and move on to this weekend with a positive mindset. How demoralizing is this loss for the Senators? I mean, not only Steve Steos and Michael Anlauer, who have had to face the music that they're not responsible for, but now the team on the ice doesn't get it done here, too. This is yeah. this wasn't a must-win game or anything like that, but it just... It would have been nice. It would have been nice. Wow. I, I hope it's not too demoralizing. Like the, you can't you can't look at it that way if, if you're those guys. You have to be looking at this as you got to be pissed off first of all because things are just not going your way all over the place, and you got to be mad about that. So 
play mad, channel that energy, and and go and do what you can with the guys you got. Like there's no, like you said, Pelzi, there's not really any excuses. I don't think the team um, having all these injuries is going to play as an excuse for a guy like DJ Smith if the team doesn't perform. Um, the injuries are no, not an excuse that are going to get him out of that. Um, if we go through 20 games of, of, you know, efforts like this where they get dominated in the first and go down and they can't come back, and that's been a, an early theme here for this team is they, they, they're getting off the tough starts. And uh, so that, that kind of thing is not going to protect DJ Smith from um, basically what you can call almost the inevitable with, the, you know, unless they have massive success, he's pretty much, you know, he's lame duck right now. Um, so he, he, the team has to win games. Um, so they've got to be looking at it. If they want to, you know, play for their coach and, and play hard, they, they have to do that. That's the only thing they can do. That's the thing. You, you said it. Like if, if these guys really want DJ to, to stick around, they're, they're going to have to turn the ship around, uh, yeah. whether there's injuries or not. Cause it's, they've heard it on the locked on centers podcast. It's playoffs are bust. No excuses. Now, obviously, everybody having fun talking about uh, the potential of Ross and I being the next uh, general managers of the Ottawa Senators. I, I do think that comment was right. I think I would put Ross as president of hockey operations. He's got a lot more uh, a wealth of knowledge of the game. He's a Sens encyclopedia. So he'd be the one to make sure I get that no trade clause mixed in when uh, Dadanov gets traded here. Cause that's something I might overlook, but he's a detail oriented guy. So yes. Yeah. Took the words out of my mouth there. Yeah. I wouldn't say attention to detail is your, is your specialty. Pelsey, but no, that's that is fine. That's certainly fair. Now all jokes aside, Martian, while we have the greatest Sens insider here, and fielding questions or well, no well, sorry sorry martin you're merely a conduit I, of merely the streets. I, I apologize I, while I we have, i can't have you, you dubbing me anything like that i am merely yeah. a conduit of the streets again my detail oriented uh experience not great here but i quickly recovered the conduit of the streets is here ladies and gentlemen we talked about Ross and I taking over the job. Probably not the most qualified candidates. We would definitely need a cap guy involved if we were going to do that. But who in your mind is uh, is someone that is likely to be a candidate here? And the follow-up question, who would you personally want to be the next candidate here? So that's a two-part question there, Phil. And, and apologies, Two-parted. my dog has uh, is barking at other people leaving. So I'll give it a second. Maybe filibuster for me for a minute. Yeah, I got you. So some of the potential names that have been thrown out there are Peter Shirelli. Obviously, he has experience with the Ottawa Senators, a lot of experience in the hockey world. We've got Matthew Darsh, the assistant GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And this one, I think, more is is just kind of a fluff piece extra one for fun is Jason Spezza was another name out there, but Martian, your pal, Bruce Garriott during question period, he tossed a couple more names around it. Did any of those kind of hit the sweet spot for you? Some of the names he mentioned. I actually didn't catch uh, the names he mentioned, but I I can tell you that. um, Yeah. Do you want me to fill you in before you guess and you can comment on them or you got other ideas? I, I just, I do know there is, there's already a short list built. So, I mean, there's a good chance that that Gary Ock under, uh, knows who's who who they're interested in. 
Well, let's see if these names match up then. Well, what are the well, streets telling thing, you is the shortlist? Well, one thing for sure I know is they they have, you know, I think Dreger was reporting that they were talking to, or Shirelli had reached out to them uh, earlier in the offseason. Okay. Um, but I, I do know for a fact that they they have also spoken to Peter Shirelli. So um, as of recently, so they, they circled around on that one. Um, and obviously, yeah, Matthew Darsh is, is another one for sure, who, I mean, makes a total sense with the lines you can draw between him and Ann Lauer. Um, but yeah, go ahead with the other names there. Cause I, I don't, I didn't catch them other than Spencer. So, so Bruce was very kind of fixated on the idea that Michael Ann Lauer coming from the Montreal Canadiens organization, looking at the two headed monster that, uh, that they have there and Kent Hughes and Jeff, Jeff Gordon, right? Yeah, Ken Hughes yeah. and Jeff Gordon. Yeah. Hughes, being a former agent, decides to leave the agent world and become a GM. And it seemed like Bruce thought something similar could be done here because Michael Anlauer seemed to be a fan of that style of management where you have an agent come in and uh, be president of hockey operations. And then you have mm-hmm. a uh, general manager as well. I and mean, yeah. he, he named... Guys like Alan Walsh was one that he named, which is that's crazy, hilarious. That would be very sense. That would be so wild, and the media press conferences would continue to be entertaining. That's for sure. And then uh, I forget the uh, it was another agent. I'm forgetting the name now. It wasn't yes, Oster. That's it. That's uh, that's our people in the chat are piping up here. And yeah, yeah. Brady Kachuk's uncle. Interesting point by a Matt 19 here and our friends locked on senators, producer Ross, Craig Oster is also Kachuk's uncle. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Yeah. That, that, I don't know if that, I can't, I, I don't know. I, that feels weird. I don't know about that one. It's, it's interesting. I, I'm, in, I'm interested, but I, just, I don't know I, about either of those options, Martian, not because I'm against the idea of an agent becoming a general manager, but more right. just those don't seem like th- the right fits. And now I'm not saying they couldn't be. It's just like Alan Walsh is a wild dude. And yeah, then, I mean, I think about the way that they're trying to make this team run right now. They, they need it to be quiet, smooth running, you know, great on ice product. Just, just no, no issues. Team, you bring in yeah. a guy like Alan Walsh. He, he literally flies off the handle every two weeks on Twitter. Yeah, and some of the points he makes are great. Like he, he is, you know, he's fighting for what he believes in, and and that's to be respected. But at the same time, there's a, I think there's a certain way to go about things. You don't see a lot of agents doing that kind of thing. He's obviously one of the more, um, you know, standing powerful. up for his guys though. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you got to respect that, Pilsy, but at the same time, that's not the kind of energy I think this team is looking for right now. Yeah, that's definitely fair. And then you could, I can see the headlines now and fans of other teams if Oster is brought in here. The, the family connections and the nepotism uh, aspect of the Sens would just be blown out of proportion once again here. So maybe that's not the approach either. But let me let me phrase this in a different way, Martian, because we're literally, I mean, Pierre Dorian is probably just getting his belongings. He's only been uh, removed from the team or left the team, whatever wording you want to use, a day ago. So maybe it's a little too early to be jumping into who's going to take his job, uh, who are the top candidates, etc. What kind of rush or timeline or deadline do, do you have on this? Like, is this something you think 
they'll wait for the off season to wait till kind of maybe more candidates are available and they'll have more research gathered. And Steve Steos will just kind of captain this ship uh, as, as far as he can go. Or is this something that they're trying to work on quick and they're trying to figure this out? They're not going to spend a lot of time here. Yeah, me and Ross touched on this quite a bit yesterday, at the, you know, when we did our live reaction to the news. But um, it is a good question because I think that for me right now, all of a sudden, Steve Steos is being dragged into the weeds when he was supposed to be looking at the big picture, long term vision of the team. And now he's being, you know, his time is being taken away by the day to day of, you know, being a general manager of the NHL hockey team. So I think right now priority one is for him to you know get himself back out of the weeds and have a, a second guy there who can or or woman who can you know support him in in being you know running a hockey operations department. He said it in his you know in his intermission interview. He was like, I mean, we don't have a lot of people here, but we're doing what we like. It was like basically like we're doing what we can with what we've got right now. It's a lot like the, the on ice team right now, yep. right? Yeah, I'm um, kidding. But so he he's gonna he's gonna be looking to make that replacement as soon as possible. I think as long as they find their guy or or woman, um, you know, for for this role, um, you know, it's gonna be Christmas for me is is pretty much the cutoff. I I I, I would imagine that they're gonna have somebody somebody in place by then. Yeah, I would hope by the new year they at least have it dwindled down to potential candidates and have an idea of what's going on here because. This is a big year for the Sens and for Michael Anlauer, a guy who is really emphasizing stability and best in class, for them to hire a president of hockey operation be like, this is how we think it should be. There should be two guys working here. And then Dorian leaves the team and now they're stuck with one guy, not only one guy, but a new guy who's only been on the on this job for a short time. That wouldn't exactly scream stability and best in class. Not that it's their fault uh, at all. I'm right. not putting any blame on uh, Steos or Anlauer here. No. This is this is as Anlauer said. This is what I've inherited here, and he's learning that things don't always go smoothly in Ottawa and for the Ottawa Senators. No, and this game didn't go smoothly either, Pilsy. Uh, I, I I mean, my final thoughts on her is, is you just got to move on here. You just got to move on from this game. Um, they've got a they've got a matchup Saturday with a divisional you know opponent in, in Tampa Bay. I'll be boots on the ground for that one. I'm excited. I, I'm going with a bunch of people from work, nice. so we have a box, so it's going to be really fun. I actually had tickets of my own, um, but I'm I'm giving those away on Twitter. Those have already been those those have already been handed out. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to be at at the next game, and I'm excited to see what this team can do <laughs> under pressure because if they start slipping and all of a sudden they're four and six uh that's a that's a tough tough start pilsy yeah absolutely the curse of november for ottawa senators fans continues november 2nd first opportunity for the sens and not only do they lose three to two at the hands of the la kings but mark castlick and ridley greg both leaving the game early with which what looks like to be not short-term injuries for either of these guys. TJ Smith confirming they won't be back anytime soon. For myself, Brandon Piller, for Atleem's Martian, for our producer, Ross Levitan, 
Thank you to the Glebe Central Pub, our sponsor of the postcast, and FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you to all 174 of you guys here in the chat. You know how it is. Whether the Sens win or lose, we vibe or we vent. You guys know if you see only Martian and I, we're going to be doing some venting. And we vent here again as the Sens lose 3-2. to But thank you for joining us. And as always, you know you can find the Locked On Senators podcast Tomorrow, Ross and I will chop up this game and look ahead to the game up against the Tampa Bay Lightning on tomorrow's episode of the Locked On Senators podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and of course, you can catch us on YouTube. Thank you, everybody, for joining. For myself, Brandon Piller, and Nat Leams Martian, the conduit of the streets, we say good night and go, Sens, go!